once again, my name's Cody Fair, and you're listening to Radio Elevate, the Elevate Youth Ministry there at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee. So glad you can join us today for another great edition. Last week we started a brand new series called The Chase, and this week we're going to be right back talking about The Chase again, as we've got a very famous Bible story we're going to talk about today as we continue on with the story of David. But first, we're going to get kicked off just like we do each and every week with some great worship, and this week we're starting off with Big Daddy Weave and the Lion in the Land.
Up next, we've got Hillsong Worship with Cornerstone.
Dressed in his righteousness alone Finishing us off this week, here's Jeremy Camp and Walk by Faith. Hey, stick around because right after this break, we're going to be back with our second lesson here on this series, The Chase, as we're going to talk about David and Goliath. Coming up right after the break. Don't go nowhere. Hey, Radio Elevate. This is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. 
Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. You know, I was fresh out of high school, new to this life thing for the first time, and I was living on my own, and granted with a little bit of help, but I was still living on my own. And I dreaded this day all summer, and finally, towards the end of summer 2006, the day came. It was my college orientation. And that was strange. Around me was people who had been through this before, and they weren't new to this type of environment. They wore their stress from school on their arms in the coffee shops and the bookstores and the cafeterias that were all around campus. I could almost hear them mocking me under, the bre- under their breath, and then the big moment came. I met with my advisor. Now, I already had my major picked, so I felt like I was slightly ahead of the game, but uh, I knew that I had a long road ahead of me. But then he pulled out the course catalog and the curriculum, and it was 120 hours of course credit needed to obtain my degree. Now, as an 18-year-old, that 120 hours of course credit looked to be like a mountain that I would never be able to climb. And I didn't have faith in myself, and I didn't have confidence in myself to get this done because I forgot, and if we're being 100% honest and transparent, I didn't know yet at that time that my faith and my confidence was found in God and absolutely nothing else. You see, that's something that we tend to forget. Our faith and our confidence and our outcomes really have nothing to do with ourselves. It has to do with God. It has to do with what God has planned for us in our life. This week, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 17, discussing one of the most famous stories in the Bible, David and Goliath. Chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Succo in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Succo and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. 
But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up, and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel! The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying, and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are, and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? said David. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him? You are only a boy, but he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul. 
because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sha'araim road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, As surely as you live, O king, I don't know. The king said, Find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. First, I want to make today is that not all giants we face are human. Now, most people listen to Radio Elevator, middle school to high school aged believers. And if you're older than that, and I know some listeners are, know that there are plenty of Goliaths in your life that you face. And maybe some of this even crosses in between high school age and adulthood age giants. And as a believer, we have to face different challenges almost daily. It can be as simple as school. Here in 2020, it can be as simple as even getting to go to school. The COVID-19 pandemic is a Goliath in and of itself and has added an extra layer of stress to our giants that we are already battling. School, whether it be in person or homeschooling, adds giants to our life. The first one's obvious. Learning the presented material is a giant. 
Think back to when you were in first grade and you were learning how to add. Nowadays, that's a truly simple task for us to do. And a lot of times, if the numbers are small enough or rounded off enough, we can just do that in our heads. However, when it was a new task to us, adding was a Goliath in our life that we had to conquer and defeat. Honesty time here. If I had to do that new math stuff, I'm not even sure I would be able to defeat that giant today. That new learning that we have to take on with every course that we take adds stress to our lives. Now, stress itself is another giant that we have to face, and we get better at managing stress each and every time we learn something new because we learn a new manner to deal with that stress. We learn healthier outlets to relieve our stress to when eventually we know that God does not intend for us to be stressed. You know, God intends for us to be at peace. Throughout the story of David and Goliath, we see a lot of attributes of David. We see some courage. We see some skill. We see some determination. We see some bravery. bravery. However, we don't really see stress because David has put his faith in God. He has not put his faith in potential failure. He's put his faith in God, which he has allowed room in his heart for peace. When our heart's at peace, then we can really walk side by side with God and see things clearly. Our perspective on our Goliaths change. Think about if David was preoccupied with failure. Think about if David was afraid of death. He wasn't. Because his faith was in God. But if it was, then he may have not been able to focus properly and defeat Goliath. He may have not had the aim with this stone that hit Goliath right in the perfect spot. Had his faith wavered, especially in this moment, the end result for him could and probably would have been death. You know, we fear the absolute worst when we're facing our giants. It's kind of silly, though. If we fear the outcome of something, then we're not following what God's calling us to do, and really, we're following the selfishness of our own heart or our opinions of the world. You hear over and over again that in school, you're worried about your popularity. Then, you're led to believe that you just quit worrying about popularity after you graduate. But the thing is, it's not true. You always want to be liked and popular with your peers. You also do not want to let your peers down. However, if you're following your peers, you're also following your own selfish desires, and you're eventually going to let your peers down. But if you're following God... Uh, he's not going to let you fail as long as you're following his plan and his will for you. David knew the Lord was with him. He st we studied last week that the spirit of the Lord left Saul, then came to David, and then he never left. He knew that God was on his side. He knew that had a few. He knew that he had a future to serve God. Stress was not an option for David. Because he had the peace of knowing that God was in control of this situation and the outcome of this situation. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after this break.
Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. The second point that we want to make today is this. We will be criticized for our courage. If you've ever listened to me before, you know that I have a background in management. And there was a constant thing that I could always count on from people. Everyone can identify a problem, but few will take steps to resolve a problem. To take that a step further, when someone does step up and take on the task and responsibility of solving a problem, they always get criticized for it, at least at first until some improvements are made. David faces this. Goliath is obviously a problem to Israel. He's casting fear. He's mocking believers. He's bullying believers. And most Israelites believe that there's nothing that can be done about him. Most of them are just believing that it is time to keep their head down and just accept the ridicule. But David does not believe that. David believes God and scripture, not the world and giants. He believes scripture like scripture found in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verses 1 through 4 that says, When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and any army greater than your own, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. When you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward to speak to the troops. He will say to them, Listen to me, all you men of Israel. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose your heart or panic or tremble before them, for the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. Those words are from Scripture. That's what David believes. And as a matter of fact, he even has to stand up to his own brothers that are criticizing him for having the courage to face his giants. Verses 28 through 30 says, But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you going to do here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. You know, his own brothers and fellow Israelites criticized David for having the courage to stand up to Goliath. They criticized David because he was going to do something to fix the problem. They justified their concerns because of any number of reasons. When Eliab referenced the few sheep, you can almost hear the disdain and the criticism in his voice. David was the youngest. David was the most inexperienced. David was smaller in stature than his brothers. Shortly after the conversation with Eliab, David could not even fit into the armor that Saul had and chose not to wear the armor. Yet, he still won the battle. 
This man was mocked heavily for demonstrating courage and doing something to fix a problem. And spoiler alert, he's eventually going to be the king. So the bottom line, and to kind of wrap all this up here, we can find that in verse 47. And it says, And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. You see, we're God's army. When our faith is in him, failure is not an option to us because it's not an option to God. When we're following the path that God has laid out for us, we will not fail. Failure only comes when we stray from God's path. As crazy as it sounds, God will also give us the tools we need to fulfill our roles, no matter how insignificant it seems at the time. David defeated over a nine-foot-tall giant with a small stone. Really, though, David defeated Goliath in his faith and the power of God, which defeats any army, any enemy, always. I want to thank you so much for joining us today for another edition of Radio Elevate. It's been wonderful getting to study a brand new series and studying the life of David with you. It's been awesome being able to be right back there in person with Elevate students at 1148 East Main Street. If you're a listener of Radio Elevate, I highly encourage you, come hang out with us in person. We have a great time. We're really learning about David and really getting together to worship God and study the lives that he has for us. Hey, until next week, I want to thank you so much for joining us. My name's Cody Fair. I'm the youth pastor there at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee. This is Radio Elevate, and we'll see you right back here next week.